0: Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with chef Gene Blum and photojournalist Amaris Pollock.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I am so excited because our very own Gene Blum is going to be talking about all things fall and Tranquility Brewing Company. Gene, take it away.
2: Thank you. Amber. It's always a pleasure. Fall is kind of like my favorite season of the year. You know, when everybody thinks everything's coming to a close, for me, it's when you know flavors really get heightened. You get those winter squashes and late season, you know, vegetables, and and there's still corn and apples are in the progress. You know, in the, in the heat of it all, and just everything that is so wonderful, delicious, heartwarming before the winter starts. Is there And a couple of things I really like, you know, and, I, and I'm going to do this. The one thing I don't like, I am the anti-pumpkin spice person. So <laughs> I like pumpkin. I like cinnamon. I like them separate. I like them together in pie. But the idea of everything pumpkin spice, heck no, not for me. But that's just me. So we'll go on. <laughs> so cider season is upon us. Now is the absolute time. At Tranquility Brewing, we have two, two fabulous ciders. We have our American apple pie cider, which is just a seasonal product that we have going. It is just like drinking an apple pie you have a little richness that's almost like the whipped cream that's on top and you have the apples in there and then there's a little bit of cinnamon flavor going in there a ton of nutmeg you know it's an easy going cider it's you know less than five percent it's a great product in general but we have our number two selling cider that has now become a year-round product We came up with it last year working with the fabulous micro distiller, and that is our cinnamon whiskey enhanced cider. So when I tell you that this is a cider that is just filled with besote cinnamon whiskey. Besote cinnamon whiskey is a whiskey from Mermaid Spirits uh, in Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. Kind of along the line of a fireball, but fireball on steroids. As a microbrewer in the state of Pennsylvania, I could only use Pennsylvania products, and we were just happy and fortunate enough to discover Bisotte, uh at Mermaid Spirits, and we created the Cinnamon Whiskey Cider last year. We now canned. We have two batches. In the fermenter going, because it's such a popular item. It's our number two selling item. It's a 10.1. It is just an absolutely incredible product and you would never know that there's that much alcohol in it until you have had about four and go to stand up but it is just something truly truly special um you know it has just a little bit of a whiskey finish at the end that is good for anybody my wife does not like anything with the harsh alcohol content and she absolutely loves our cider so there are two things that you can get at Tranquility Brewing in the fall that are absolutely incredible. I have Another a question. Good thing that, to, sure.
1: As a follow-up with that, um, because I know you guys also, I think, do growlers and crowlers, right? Yes, we do. So we how long, I mean, have, if it can last, ahead. if you don't dig into it, how long is the shelf life?
2: So a growler um, of cider, as long as you keep it capped, you're good for about a week on that you can okay. also buy our cider our hazy and our chocolate stout in cans as well we sell it at the brewery in cans but you can come in and get a growler when we're growlers and have it filled and it'll last a, a good week it is just a, a phenomenal product like that um you know i like it in the cans personally just because it's easier to come home i don't have to pull a growler out of the refrigerator store and anything like that, crack open one and, you know, off I go. It's a uh, kind of a great thing at the end of the day, you know, but it's also fabulous to cook with. Mm-hmm. We just made some braised short ribs the other day for a special and we did the braised short ribs in our cinnamon whiskey cider. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful thing. And when you're cooking with food, One of our others, one of the ones I really love, we do a chocolate stout. And again, it's in the 10 range. It's a pretty big alcohol content So you would never know. But our chocolate stout is like a liquid Hershey bar. It is so delicious. And what we do with that is we take a couple scoops of vanilla ice cream into a 12-ounce chocolate stout. And you are just living large with a chocolate stout float. It's absolutely, absolutely wonderful thing. One of the good things about Tranquility Brewing up in Warminster is that our ice cream is made by our beer maker. So our beer beer maker, who happens to be, when he's not making beer, a Grammy Award-winning music producer, and he also makes our ice cream, and I would put his ice cream up against anybody I know. It's really bizarre that he has the skill set. I call him the strangest man I've ever met because he can make ice cream, he makes great beer, and he has a Grammy Award-winning music studio. Just a weird, you know, sense of, or a weird set of skills, but his ice cream we actually have to import our cream because it's so high in fat on it's hard to find in this area so we have to get it Um it's shipped up from maryland um and we get it that way just because it's so rich it's so delicious but some of his homemade ice cream and he makes some really different flavors his banana chocolate chip is outstanding his birthday cake is really outstanding but now we're starting to experiment we're, we're working with uh, the cinnamon whiskey to make one as well, a little bit there. I have to lower the content, alcohol content a little bit, but it you was know, still uh, a fabulous thing. But then, you know, the other things that we get in the fall now, it's Oktoberfest, right? Well, Oktoberfest, so everybody's clear. Oktoberfest actually ends in October. Uh, yeah. it's, it's really September, uh, but everybody celebrates in October. Oktoberfest, in Germany, has ended already. But uh, we are uh, here. So this Sunday coming up, uh, we will be celebrating Oktoberfest and Trek Willie Brewing. We will be debuting both our Oktoberfest beer and our pumpkin spice beer. Or not pumpkin spice beer, but our pumpkin beer. It's actually an all pumpkin ale. Um, we're going to be debuting them. And then we're going to have uh, a series of uh, German dishes. We'll be doing a pork schnitzel. We'll be doing a cider braised sauerkraut with brats. We'll be doing brats with uh, bacon, onions, and beer cheese. Uh, You know, just some wonderful German food and having live music next Sunday. Um, And then we stop the music for the Eagles game and and just continue to party through that as the Eagles take on the Jets. It's always a wonderful thing. I don't know if anybody saw recently that uh, Tranquility Brewing was written up in the city of Philadelphia as one of the great places to watch the Eagles games. So the things that we have going on there at Tranquility, we have uh, so a trivia contest every halftime where we give away swag, and then you can register while you're there to win a pair of tickets for the last home game of the year. And in addition to that, we have great wing and beer specials and case of beer specials and all that stuff. And just, you know, wonderful fall stuff going on in that aspect. Uh we just finished up a bourbon festival and are planning another one. Amherst you missed the Beer Bourbon and Barbecue Festival.
1: I did. I missed because was... I I had my head off my butt.
2: <laughs> yes, you did. We we were we were hoping for you. We had uh Forty different bourbons we were doing flights of, uh, all Pennsylvania bourbons, whiskeys and scotches, all brown liquorists that we were doing that day, and we were doing How did I miss and, that? <laughs> and then uh, we had uh, two amazing bands, uh, Sister Blue and uh, uh, Slim Bob, and the new electrics. And then we had beer specials going all day, so it was. And then obviously some barbecue items. We had a incredible uh, slow braised. Uh, uh, pork belly that we were doing with a little and flair to it. It was really, really good. So uh, we'll be looking to do that again next year and uh, things like that. But for all our, all our people out there who are saying, oh, summer's over, summer's over, you know, go out, pick some pumpkins, pick some gourds, get your, get your hands back in the dirt. And you know how I am about that you know, fall is the time to get your hands in the dirt when you're putting away the pool, furniture, dorm, to the garden. You know, get some cabbage in the ground. Get some broccoli in. Get some fall vegetables and things like that that you can work with, you know, that are really good. And start to embrace them. I mean, apples and, and cabbages, all those wonderful, fun foods that you can cook with. Now's the time to make your kimchi. Now's the time to make your sauerkraut you know, now's the time to get all that stuff ready for the fall because hey, you know, Thanksgiving is right around the corner and, and it's Christmas. So, you know, enjoy these these fall things when you can. And up here in Bucks County, uh, where I am, you know, when which quality brewing is, it, you know, it's a prime time. Come up, take a ride, stop at the brewery, have some great food, uh, a little bit of drink. One of the unique things about where we are at tranquilly Brewing is that we also have a full line of spirits. So a lot of microbreweries don't do that. Uh, we carry a full line of spirits. You know, obviously a menu with inside and outside seating, he outside seating, televisions outside as well to watch the games that's kind of why we were selected as one of the places to watch the eagles games and then uh with coming up on halloween we're going to be doing some specials uh around halloween with some cocktail specials the 28th of october we're going to be having a little live music little holiday get together for people to uh you know Come out, dress up in costumes. We have best individual costume, best custom or best couple's costume. Um, one of our drink specials that we're creating that night is our version of a transfusion using obviously Pennsylvania spirits instead. Um, you will know, we'll have some blood bags available, uh, just all kinds of food specials as well going into that. You know, getting ready for the holiday. Um, holiday, you know, I'm a big fan of Halloween. I think, cameras, you are too, right? Like, I am such a huge fan and, of
1: and, Halloween, i have always been. It's like inlaid in me. Um, but I wanna say if you don't already have it on, on uh your your venue like for that event, um so you could do like shooters or whatever in like um syringes.
2: Yes, yes. We we could do uh wonderful things like that. We have a number of different things planned for that and obviously we'll be having uh tranquility brewing uh you know decorated accordingly, you know, and and just trying to create a community atmosphere. It's very strange when people, you know, ask me, so what what did you do with your brewery up there? What do you do it? And I'm like, We created a family and uh pet friendly brewery. And people are like, look at me like, What's a family friendly brewery? And we had that. We have a lot of games, we have a lot of things. And then obviously, you know, we have the patios and we see a lot of dogs and we have dog biscuits and dog bowls. Uh, we just saw the other day, I just saw the other day that a, a kit adoption fundraiser was canceled, uh, the restaurant canceled at the last minute. And we were like, oh, well, that can't happen. I reached out to them, So, you know, coming up on a Thursday night, later on in the month, uh, Kitty Junction will be having their fundraiser at Tranquility. It's probably a night that I'm going to probably say that we're not dog friendly that night. Um, I don't know how well that was mixed, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm gonna probably have to. It's a Thursday there. They think we could say you know, no, no dogs for one night, you know. Yeah. But that's the kind of feel the Tranquility Brewing is going for. We're very about community fundraisers and dine and donate nights. We have uh Bikers Against Child Abuse is a regular dine uh, and donate night. We have their annual car show, um, which is if you're if you're not familiar with Bikers Against Child Abuse there's an organization to get involved with the Bucks County chapter is who we sponsor, but they have chapters in every city and they're literally the ones that help little kids who've been abused. They sit with them in the courtroom. They, you know, Keep them from being scared in very difficult situations. You, you just a nicer group of people you couldn't find. Uh, my contacts up in here in Bucks County, uh, you know, opium Bubbles and and you know that group. They're just uh, you know absolutely nicest people I've ever met. We had a very successful fundraiser yesterday. We had one for Sam's Hope, um, which keeps Sam's Hope is uh, they provide materials for elderly people to be able to keep their pets on fixed incomes so people who would normally have to surrender their pets because they can't afford them uh, they keep the pets and the owners together and yesterday we had our uh, annual car show and had an amazing turnout and raised a lot of money and we're able to uh support sam's hope you know those kind of activities which are everywhere in the fall they're more prevalent in the fall than in the summer you know, get out, get involved, and, and enjoy food. And you'll see now all the pierogi festivals that are coming up and all the Polish festivals, and everybody's doing that. You know, look at your community calendars now. And that and that's what the, the message that I'm trying to preach here. Look at your community. What can you get to that has great food, great drink? You know, you don't have to travel into the city if you're not from the city, and you can find really wonderful things. I mean, and Rich, you're in King of Prussia, Phoenixville area. So much going on out there. I mean, you must be loving to do restaurant food out there. I did, There
1: are tons but. of restaurants, and I know that the, there's always like some sort of notification that's like popping up. That's like, oh, we have this going on or that going on. And like the 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 fairs, like there's been a lot of um like uh, fairs. And actually, right now uh, Cirque du Soleil is in Oaks, PA, um, set up, yep. and they've been. They've been running shows back to back as well. So I'm sure that, you know, you're you're also involved because your area is so cute, like where, where you live. And Tranquility Brewing is not too, too far off. So it's not like you have to go far, but you're surrounded by like, oh, and here too. Also, Washington's cr- Crossing, like there's so much like historical value and yep. like, yeah, um, yeah. 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 So I've, I mean, I've never been more here. Yeah, yeah, you know,
2: here in Warminster and in this area, it's great because you can't throw a stone without hitting someplace that Washington slept. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing and, you know, how that reflects on Martha. But, you know, George slept everywhere up here. You know, there's placards everywhere that George slept here and so on and so forth. But we had that. And Tranquility Brewing. I challenge anybody to find a more historic brewery that I have My brewery is the training site of all the astronauts that walked on the moon. The cockpit, the centrifuge is all still there. So, you know, you are absolutely in heaven there. But I think we're getting close on time. And, uh, you know, just wanted to encourage people now, get out, try the fall flavors, go pick some apples, get some pumpkins, make fresh pumpkin pie, easiest thing in the whole world. You know, you skin the pumpkins, you know, you boil down and you make fresh pumpkin pie. You make roasted pumpkin instead of, you know, roasted potatoes. Just fabulous fall squashes. You know, get a butternut squash or, or, you know, take it and, and add a little bit of maple syrup and cinnamon to it. Roast it in the oven. Take a series of squashes, roast them all together with some parsnips and potatoes and rutabagas and you know you have so many great flavors this time of year as a chef you know now is the time to really embrace all those things and yeah there's nothing mm-hmm. like a jersey tomato to heat of summer but the fall flavors and, and squashes and pumpkins and everything that's out there and it's the canning season as well so that makes it even be right. better
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for the updates, Jean. And uh, we will be right back after the short break. But check out Tranquility Brewing Company. Thank you.
0: To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during drive time radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m. You can email us at food farmsandchefs at yahoo.com, ibfoodie 2 at yahoo.com or arpolycus at gmail.com.
1: Hi and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I am very excited to introduce you to Rachel. Sickler, who is the owner of Sickler Circle View Farm. So, Rachel, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you for having me. No problem. And Gene is uh, our lovely host and going to uh, intro you too. Okay,
3: sounds good.
2: Rachel, you know, when I read information about you, and I apologize I've never been to your farm and I have to change that, but when I started reading you you know, it's true in because what you're trying to do is not only provide great products and sustainable products and you know, add at a great value to, you know, local consumers, but you're out there trying to educate the people about getting their hands in the dirt and you know, what farming is all about and what quality products are all about and you know, what the difference is between buying something locally on a farm and Buying something, you know, from the local convenience store, and that it just it just resonates within me because it's something I've supported my whole life as a chef and doing all that. But how did you get started in all this? Did you grow up, or did David grow up uh, on a farm, or? Yes.
3: Yeah, so my husband is a. Uh, he grew up on his family's generational dairy farm. Um, and actually he still manages the crops. Um, they do, uh, corn, soybeans, um, hay, grain, grains just to feed the dairy cattle. Um, so my husband mar- manages the crops on the dairy farm as well as, um, milking cows still on that farm. So he kind of grew up with that type of knowledge. Um, and you know, just the ins and outs of, of being in agriculture. I actually did not grow up in agriculture, um, production agriculture. Uh, my family, uh had a dairy farm back in the day, but it was before I was ever around. Um, so I, my, my mom's a banker, my dad's a truck driver. So, um, I had horses growing up and I always had a love of agriculture. I was in, uh, FFA in high school, which is uh, Future Farmers of America, so um, and took agriculture science classes. Uh, so I'm very passionate about it, and it kind of kicked off my interest into agriculture. And then, of course, being in a small town, a rural community that's really based a lot of around agriculture. Um, yeah, I found my husband. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of that was the beginning of our relationship. And then you know he, um, of course, wanted to go out on his own and, and and buy his own farm so he actually learned a different trade and and turned that into purchasing a farm so um that's why we're first generation on on our farm that we have here
2: so for our listeners um they are located in Monroeville New Jersey and your big products are USDA certified meats for the most part chicken poultry and meats uh, do you have other products besides that? I know you have eggs and all, but are you doing any type of crops as well? We're just fo- focusing on the USDA and eggs and poultry.
3: Um, so we are grain farmers as well. So what I what I sell on my farm store is our beef and our pork that we raise here on the farm. We have local pasture-raised chicken as well, and then also our eggs. But um, we what we produce here on the farm, in addition to the the USDA certified meats is we also uh grow non-GMO corn, non-GMO soybeans, um, and then other grain crops as well. Um, and then forages that we um feed our livestock. So everything that our animals eat is what we produce here on the farm. So we make all of our own feed for our animals. And of course, in addition to that, we sell grain to um you know off the farm as well.
2: You know, and, and that's not an easy thing to say. Do you provide all your own grain? That's a lot of work. Uh, You know, if people don't know, you know, cattle and animals provide, they eat a lot of grain. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, something that's a, a very, you know, time-consuming process to be doing both. And you guys are doing it with, you know, total transparency about your products and, you know, being non-GMO. And for people who don't know, non-GMO corn is not something that, you're finding a tremendous amount of anymore. You know, corn is, we're, we're starting to see a little bit more, but I'm of the age where, you know, 20 years ago or, you know, 15 years ago, non GMO corn was extremely rare because everywhere you went, they were modifying it to grow better, to grow faster, you know, to get a better yield, uh, everything that they were doing. And, and, you know, it's wonderful to see what you're doing and that passion that you guys have to produce products that are better for us, you know, because if we keep, you know, working with genetically modified products, God knows where we're going to be. Was that a passion that you shared or you both set out with to say, hey, we have to put an end to this whole process and start to go with better products? Or, you know, was it something you just happened upon?
3: Well, kind of both. <laughs> um, so truthfully, whenever my husband started farming this this farm, our farm now, um, he did it conventionally just like he learned on his family's dairy farm. So regular tillage of the soil, um, you know, using the same types of crops, GMO, whatever crops that they had over on the dairy farm. Um, but he found at the end of the day that you're growing, you know, just the, like, you know, 40 acres of corn, and you're making maybe $3,000. And there's a lot of effort that goes into like, doing all that to really not profit a whole lot. And when you have a mortgage um, as first-generational farmers and you're you're renting equipment to be able to do it, there's really nothing left at the end of the day. So that kind of started on him thinking, like, there must be something else for us to be able to to do to become more profitable. So truly, the initial start of our regenerative agriculture experience uh, journey has been because of profit and trying to just find a better way. And then as we started doing more research and reading more about it and finding more reputable farmers, primarily out West at the time, uh, cause this is 10 years ago now, um, that were doing these types of things, we found that there were so many other benefits that we didn't even realize. And then, in, and you know, just doing corn and soybeans on our farm as first-generational farmers, we wanted to diversify our income. And instead of just doing, you know, grain, we needed to find diversity and stack enterprises on our acres. So that's whenever we figured out how to bring the livestock into the picture. And really, um, it helps in so many ways having the livestock and the non-GMO crops working together um, in in the many systems that we have here on the farm. So really, to answer your question, it's kind of, it was out of necessity at first, because we just were trying to find a better way. But after educating ourselves and attending a lot of sustainable agriculture conferences and things like that because Dave and I are nerds and that's what we did whenever we were dating and instead of going on vacation we went to like agriculture conferences um so yeah that's that was kind of how we happened upon this and now we just have really been leaning into it because of the, the crop rotations and having the animals out on past on our crop ground and you know our, our soils are, are naturally the microbial activity is just when you have livestock grazing, where you're planting crops, your soil is just going to be healthier. So having that du- nutrient cycle out there, it's allowed us to lean even harder into non-GMO crops and the seeds cheaper, just saying. So it's just, it's, it's profitable all the way around. We have found with the way that we've ma- been managing it.
2: Well, you're not nerds, So I I attended Double Valley College of Science and Agriculture. So I get exactly where you're coming from. It's a wonderful thing <laughs> to, uh, you know, learn more about agriculture and, and be able to get your, um, you know, feet, feet wetted and, and your hands dirty and a little dirt under the fingernails is a really wonderful thing. You are kind of a CSA, but not really a CSA. The fact that you do, and I'm, we're big CSA supporters here at Food Farms and Chefs, but, you know, you do bundles and you allow people to, you know, purchase some different things like that. But, and get involved in the farming aspects, you know, for your for that. But explain how your work with the public is getting them in, and you know, being able to provide products for them through the year.
3: So, um, initially, we did not take cattle to the butcher every month out of the year. It was just spread out throughout the year, and um, we started finding a need for people who want to shop in smaller amounts at a time. They just didn't have the storage at home. They don't have the large freezers or the ability to take home a bunch of meat at one time. Um, So we originally started with shares. We started with selling like a quarter beef, a half beef, a whole beef. And and then we got into pigs and doing the same. And then we kind of found that, um, you know, people wanted that smaller quantity. Sorry, there's a tractor going by. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I started allowing for pickup on the farm just being able to order, not you know, here an item here, item there, um, and being able to shop a freezer that we had um, on the farm. And then when COVID hit, that completely changed everything. Um, so we went from just having where people could come and pick up a few things here and there to being open regular hours throughout the, the week. And then we've kind of expanded our hours from there. So. Right now, if someone wanted to just come try a product, they could just come during our regular business hours and pull some things from the freezer that I have available. Um, For me, it's been a learning curve for learning how people shop different times of the year and getting my animals cut up that way that people are shopping that time of year. So um, it's been a learning curve. I'm not from, you know, I'm not a foodie. I'm not from the food, you know, we I'm. Meat and potatoes, very simple. But I've learned a lot, and and leaning into that food space and learning from different chefs and things that can be done with the cuts of our meat. Our butcher is a huge advocate of ours. They've been very helpful. I've learned a lot and been able to market our product year round.
2: Well, I love to, you know, your marketing. Like, so coming up on November twenty fifth, I believe it is. You have a small business Saturday event. I love this event because I'm a big small business Saturday person, but I think I have to make it over to your farm for this. You know, you have a DJ, you have pig roast, you have vendors, and you have pictures with Santa on the farm. I cannot think of a better way to spend a small business Saturday than supporting small vendors and small businesses on a farm as part of the pig roast. Because to me, there's no more you know, no better animal in the entire world than a pig. I uh, I swear by you know by pork and you know it's the thing. If I ever had to be you know one thing on on a deserted island, just give me the pig and I would be happy. You know that's, yeah. and, and you know the old statement that pigs are you know my superhero because you know they take garbage and turn it into bacon. Um, but you know what a wonderful thing you're doing for that. And I think yeah. you know everybody. Everybody listening should think about this. What a great way to spend a Saturday, family after Thanksgiving. You got kids going on. What are you going to do? You know, get out to the farm, see Santa, you know, partake in the pig roast, and support small business as well as supporting the farm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what kind of vendors are going to be having that day?
3: Well, so it initially started out as just the farm. The different small businesses I work with that I bring into the farm store because I have other locally curated products in the farm store as well. So that's how it started. And it's kind of grown from there. Um, So we'll have a local brewery, a local winery. I'll have um, uh, vendors that make tallow products from beef fat. So they render down the tallow, Mm -hmm. make like tallow bombs and things like that. I'll have a local um, bread maker. Um, We're going to have local uh, crocheting, Um, there's gonna be Spotted Horse Provisions who you, um, yes, yeah, you guys interviewed. Um, So they'll be here, Um, I usually, I'm gonna probably have uh, the chicken farmer that I have here. Um, I have a lot of different, there's, I could go on and on, Uh, macrame, so crafts, food, um, just a little bit of everything. i try to get as many local farmers that are selling direct to consumer out here as I can. So I know that there'll be probably an organic farm here as well with their veggies. Um, So yeah, just a, a big variety of things. It turned into way more than I anticipated, but I've learned through this process that I'm not just selling people meat. We're celebrating community. We have a story to share and people love knowing that having that connection with us. And I want them to have that connection with other small businesses as well, because that creates community and that's i think what we're lacking a lot these days everyone's so disconnected so i feel like it's a great way to celebrate that
2: please preach it rachel absolutely 100 you are you know you are speaking the truth there that that community feel so looking through some of the things you do too out there your bundles you put together i i'm blown away at the prices uh you know how inexpensive your bundles are and, and you know, I use a, a butcher that that I've worked with for years, and and I use some. Community, you know, we have one up here in Bucks County I work with, and then some of it I bring in, um, I have some ship, stuff shipped in from Iowa, as well, um, from somebody you know that we ran we across doing some catering events out there. But I'm just looking at one of your pat, you know, one of your your bundles, and please, ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you, you know, to go and look at Sickler Circle, you know go to their farm website and we'll talk about that sickler circle view farm you know but look at their specials like i don't know there's hundreds and hundreds of dollars in meat here if anybody's been to the shop or shopping lately and you haven't listed it 212 dollars like i'm looking at that like wow like for farm fresh quality to be able to get short ribs and pork loin and you know, steaks and ground beef and tenderloin and ham and spare ribs and bacon and bacon ends, which, you know, as well as bacon. And, uh, you know, all for that price, like, wow, like you are, you know, that's kind of your freezer stock to get you through the winter and, you know, make you feel good too, because every time you open up that freezer, you pull something out, that's going to make you feel good, you know. So what else do you got going on as we wind down on time here in the fall? Do you have uh, other open house events coming up or anything like that that our our listeners should be, uh, you know, jumping out there to come out to Salem County and, and, uh, and see.
3: So the small business Saturday events are our biggest thing. Um, But if you come anytime during our regular business hours, um, I always have a helper in the farm store intentionally so I can show people around our farm. So I do, Pop up farm tours like people come through are asking a lot of questions and like just come on out back, let's just take a walk. Yeah, so you know, um, that is really it. Um, in the past, my husband and I have organized where we do like pasture walks. Um, I do, I don't know if we'll be able to get to that again this year. Um, but I'm thinking uh, in the spring. So sign up for an e- email newsletter. I don't send out a lot of emails and newsletters because I just don't have the time, but um, I do make sure I mention those things whenever I do send them out. I do want to do another one of those in the future. I really hope to do some farm to table dinners in the future. I have some great local chef contacts now that I am uh, would love to work with. So those are all things that are on the horizon for us. And if you just sign up for an email newsletter, you'll probably be uh, in the know. <laughs>
2: In the last minute that we have, can you uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and uh, where they can find the forums?
3: Yeah, so we're on um, Facebook and Instagram primarily. Um, you can find us at, uh, if you just search Sicklers Um And then if you uh, are wanting to come to our physical location, it's actually in the barn where I am right now, <laughs> um, which is the old milking parlor when this used to be a dairy farm before we owned it. Um, but our farm store is here um, and we're right next to Pole Tavern Circle. It's in Monroeville, New Jersey. Um, And you can find, if you search us on Google, you can find our um, website and address and everything there as far as our business hours go.
2: And, you know, your email blast that you were sending out, and I know you were doing a blog there for a little while, I get it. Because if you go to the website, folks, you see the pictures, you know, running a farm, running a family, and two of the most adorable little children in the whole world in the pictures, too. So, you know, I think you have your hands full.
3: (laughs) a little bit a little bit but thank you i appreciate that really kind words so thank you
2: thank you for joining us on food farms and chef we appreciate what you're doing and we certainly support what you're doing out there to promote community thank
1: you all right and on that note we will be right back after this short break
0: join us on food farms and chefs radio show where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the Farmers Who Make It All Possible with co-hosts Jean Blum and Amaris Pollack with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 975 hd two and at www.dbam.com and on your smart speaker.
1: (laughs) Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I'm very happy to introduce all of you to Dorothy McIntyre, who is the proprietor, owner, founder of Forest Farmers Markets. And I found out through research, you just also um, started another one, which is, I'm probably going to to mispronounce this, the Montea Farmers Market, Manita, Manita. I knew I was gonna mess it up. <laughs> something. There's gonna be that before. You know, I know, but I didn't. But anyways, Dorothy, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs.
4: Thank you so much for inviting me to be on this. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, I appreciate you for joining us. Um, now I know that farmers markets were not something that you know you went into as a career initially. Um, you do have a nursing background.
4: I do. I do. I went to um, I went to nursing school. I, nur- I was in nursing for about 10 years and then my children started doing um, sports and then travel sports came into to um, the play. And it was just too difficult to try and do the classic um, shifts for nursing and get them to sports practices. So um, the kids took over and then yeah. then the farm
1: Farmer's market took over after that, after <laughs> they finished their sporting careers. And I feel like you can kind of condense all of that into like a shortened abridged version, obviously, but um, all of it kind of ties into, to one another. Like, for in order, you know, like as a nurse, like obviously your health is a concern and, you know, how you eat, what you would take in that kind of changes your health in general. But, you know, given that you had children who were in sports and traveling, what they were in taking all, you know, have like obviously it it meant something like they had to eat the right stuff and the right calorie intake to keep themselves going. But um, all of that was very easy for you, probably. You know, in the the Northeast, in New York, where you you know used to live, but you moved to Virginia, and you know you came face to face with the lengthy drive, uh, exactly, yeah, <laughs> of trying to find you know farm fresh foods and and healthy organic you know foods. So I I feel like I kind of like usurped you know a little bit of of your story by saying all of that, but um. How did you get into running the the farmers' market?
4: Okay, um, so I look back and I always did do some kind of local my um when I was growing up on Long Island, um there were local farm farm stands, and we we would go there during the season, but never like the twelve months of the season. Yeah, then funny enough, we did live in Bucks County in Perkasie for a short time. Um, and we would go, um, and we'd find the apple festivals. And there was a um, Bolton's Turkey Farm, I think. I don't know whether okay. that's still there. We would go there, and we get apples and, and turkey and chicken. Then our move to Virginia, it kind of went away a little while. Um, but as the kids did get older, I needed to find fresh fruit vegetables for them. Um, I just wasn't happy with what I could find in the grocery store and the flavors. So we just started um, going to the farmers markets here. Um, and then we moved and it was difficult to get to, you know, it it wasn't totally difficult, but it was, um, it put an hour and a half more into going down there (laughs) to the the market. And sometimes they were, the farmers weren't there that I was expecting to be there. So I'd make this trek down there and I come home empty handed and it was like, now what do I do? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I talked with the county you know, on one of those weekends that Monday after I went down there and nothing was there that I thought, called up the county and said, you know, why isn't there a farmer's market? Because we're the mostly densely populated in the area. Um, And they were like, we don't know. Why don't you look into that? And um, they had me working with Extension, um, with Virginia Tech Extension. And I worked with him for a year, along with several other people and created
1: the market. So. And, and I have to applaud you because you, you went above and beyond like I, my favorite quote when I was researching and it was re- redundant through the different articles was your husband saying, yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
4: he was like not being polite, but shut up or do something about it. Cause I'm tired of hearing about this.
1: <laughs> yeah, Which, Like if you harken back to like any, any relationship ever, like, I, I just, I, I feel it. I, I, I almost feel like I hear it like, okay, okay then. And you kind of just pulled your, you know, big girl panties up. like, I, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying some of the stuff I'm saying, but you did. And like, you started doing something about it.
4: Menopause has that effect on you. (laughs)
1: Like, okay, (laughs) fine. Challenge accepted. Right. (laughs) And now I, I, One thing that I couldn't find is um, when you actually started like in as being part of the board um, of your local agricultural. uh... Mm -hmm.
4: When did I start? Um, Well, when I had the concept of of having the market back in 2010, um, Extension asked me to come to the board. And if you ever talk to the um, the chairman, I was like this meek little person just saying, I just want a farmer's market. Uh Um, And then about two years ago, maybe three years ago, I would go on and off maybe twice a year to the ag board meetings and go in and tell them, you know, this is what's going on. We've we've grown um, what our challenges were, what our, our um, goals were met and things like that. But um, about two or three years ago, there was an opening and they approached me and said, would I be interested? And I jumped on it because it's the ag board is so special that the, it, it, encompasses ag but like um probably 18 months two years ago there was this whole thing about solar farms Mm. how it related to farmland and that was a big discussion for us um for a long time actually about whether that would be allowed in our county so Ag board does work with Ag, but then it's it's bigger than that,
1: too. Yeah. And I want to I wanted to kind of just side note, too, because you and I discussed this previously through email. Like the thing is, is Virginia is for lovers and like Virginia is gorgeous. Like I, I don't know if our listeners out there have like traveled, you know, to Virginia, but it is definitely mm-hmm. a place that you need to travel to and visit because. It's gorgeous. It's fall. The leaves are all changing. You know, it you is. have the mountain. Yeah. You have the mountainous areas. There's tons of to, uh, stuff to do, like, you know, maybe layer up and go cavern seeking, but like, definitely like on a Saturday, because I think it's like, uh, um, through what's the October, or the end, end of, of
4: October, October, we, we stop our weeklies, but then we go monthly. Yeah. So yeah. Think, so we go 12 months out of the year.
1: Yeah. And don't you do it like by, by monthly, um, during this the winter time? Uh, no, we do once
4: a month, the second Saturdays of the month. Um okay. the only one that it, it is the glitch of that is I'll do the Saturday before Thanksgiving so okay. that people can get their fresh fruits and vegetables for, and their meats and and their fresh turkeys um right before the, the um the thanksgiving. So other, otherwise it's the second Saturdays.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, I I'm mentioning that because you had mentioned the um the solar farms. I'm yeah. not a big like I understand the purpose behind solar farms, but it's like visually speaking, it's not the prettiest, so I'm like but that made me think, oh, I know, like, you know, I wanted to mention the fact that Virginia is for lovers. Like, it's a, a romantic, mm-hmm. like, area to go to, like, it's or related. family. Yeah. Or, like, bring your whole family. Like, it's it's a gorgeous area to visit. So, and I, who doesn't love a good farmer's market? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, one other thing that I, like, I, through research, through the, you know what, I want to mention the fact that I did find this article, um, who was it? Rachel, I think Rachel, Rachel Smith. Smith. Yeah. She is amazing. And, yeah. So I'm, I'm notating like a couple of things that were written by Rachel sure. Smith and her articles, uh, about you and about your farm or farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just want to like give a shout out to her for that too. But <laughs> She's amazing. And, um, yeah. Wow. And speaking of shout outs, you grew your farmer's market from 11 vendors to mm-hmm. like 40 plus vendors. I did.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It, that part has been really special to to watch it grow um, and just see both the, the consumer and the vendors. Um, because this year I was really cognizant of trying to do um, customer counts. And mm-hmm. during our high season, we were about 2000 people a day. So wow, that's yeah. That's- I mean, we're slowing down a little bit, but. Ball festivals, there's soccer tournaments. You know, th- there's lots of um, different things for people to do. So they're kind of, when they can, they squeeze us in. But um, we still we, we still run about fifteen hundred people a day on a Saturday. Well, that's a lot,
1: yeah. and I mean, but uh, it's, you have a lot of vendors, and there's a lot of stuff to look, see, taste, touch. Yeah, you know, go shop. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It's and, um,
4: uh, I get probably four to five requests every week to be part of the market. And it's just um, it's gotten to the point where I have to be very careful in what I bring in so that I'm not um, doubling up and tripling up on the same items. Um, One thing, though, I recently I brought in um, English um, pub food that they bring in, um, which has been really interesting to bring in. And they bring in um, English breakfast food, too. So I have that coming in. But this past Saturday, I met with a gentleman that wants to bring in Indian street food. Ooh, yeah, and that would be amazing because in my town and even in in the general area, we only have one Indian um, restaurant. So. That's- It would be so cool to have that. And I'm hoping that that works out. I um, gave him some information. I'm waiting for him to relax after I give him, you know, I overload them with information um, just so that they understand that you just can't come. There is like a procedure. Um, And I'm hoping that he'll contact me this week so we can get started in getting him there um, in the beginning of the year.
1: Yeah. Because that, that I would, if I lived near you, I would get so excited. I love Indian food. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love Uh, I love any food that has a lot of flavor and like just an infusion of like, if you light off my, my palate with like flavor, I'm going to be super happy with you.
4: Yep, yeah. So <laughs> um, I'm excited for that
1: one. Yeah. I would be excited for you. I, I'm excited for you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So you, I also want to give a nod to the fact that you have three vendors who have been with you since the get-go. Yeah. Um, I don't know who those vendors are, but I would love for you to, to you know, give them a shout out.
4: Sure, I have one Sandyfoot Farm there in Pamplin, Virginia. They um they started with me. They had started working at a different um farm, and then um, they purchased land and have been with me ever since. There um all of them are sustainable. They um um you can't really say organic unless you go through a whole big process. So my vendors are are sustainable. Um, so that's one of them. Then I have Walnut Winds out of Blair's, Virginia. He's really interesting because as, as I've had him over the 13 years, he has, he has a large farm over 300 acres, but he has slowly, um, started to sell to one of the grocery stores in, in he's on the border of Virginia, North Carolina. He sells now to one of the larger, um, grocery stores in the area. So okay. That's pretty good cool. for him. And then he, um, he sells at three different markets. And then I actually have, um, he does mostly plants and, um, landscaping. Okay. But he does bring in. He has um produce there too, and he's been with me. And then actually, I had thought um in the article, I had um, forgotten about one of them too. That I have a um guy that does barbecue. Oh, he's been with me. He's been my pretty much my only hot food. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he now sells on Amazon his, his um, barbecue sauces. Wait, who? Cool. What's his Is name? It? Cupids.
1: Cupids. Cupid's? Um, I think it might be Mr. Cupid's Barbecue. Because I'm like I love people who are like who have been involved it's like you know it helps you grow oh yeah yeah um so just out of curiosity uh what are some of the other vendors that you you have on a regular basis
4: um i have a gentleman that does spices he um he comes regularly but then during the fall season he hits some of the festivals and um He'll run all the way down to Florida. He'll, he'll come, but then he my his base is at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. I have that. Um I have jams and jellies. She she's local. She lives about 20 minutes from the market. Um, I have bison. I'm one of the few in the area that has most of the proteins. I have beef, pork, chicken, turkey, rabbit, bison, and lamb.
1: That OK. So I know I know there's going to be like vegetarians out there that yeah. like will bombard me. I, I could talk about that afterwards. But yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, but like, no, not for that reason. But like for what I'm about to say, which is I I mean, I love bunnies. They're super cute. But rabbit meat is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I've had it a couple times.
4: Um, She does an amazing job with it, but mm-hmm. it's just not, you know, some people like it. It's- and- I've had it and I like it, but it's not something that I'm going to eat
1: often. On a regular, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, it is a tedious like um, meat because there's so many so tiny. Many, so yeah. Many, yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, but I want to, I won't go into further detail because it'll <laughs> really aggravate our like vegetarian and vegan listeners. But, um, but, you know, off of that, do you have vegan, like a vegan ven- vendor? Um, well, I,
4: ha- a, a lot of my um, baked goods, they will have something that is vegan. So um, we do have that, the opportunity for people to purchase vegan um, baked goods. Mm. And then the rest of it, you know, we have, um, I have, I think, six, maybe seven produce vendors. So there's a wide variety of produce that they can just um, purchase while we're there. Um, You know, a lot of the Obviously the classics of tomatoes and cucumbers, but I have lettuce, I have um um Italian dandelion greens, which are oh amazing. nice, yeah. Yeah, I'm like who who if, is okay. dandelion greens, but they're actually they're bitter um Italian, so they're really they've got this amazing flavor to them. Yeah. So um salad turnips, um
3: what else?
4: Classic garlic and, and Ginger and turmeric, and then um, all sorts of lots of lettuce and, and greens. We're um, yeah. less that we they can grow either out in the open or under high tunnels. We can keep the greens in um, most of the year.
1: Yeah, which, which is, is good. Really, yeah, yeah, especially because you are year round. Yeah, yeah. So um, I want to touch base real quick because I know that I'm, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name because I already forgot um, how to pronounce it correctly. That's okay. I know that they you closed out that farmers market, but do Only you have is, yes, yes? Do okay. you have intentions of making that year round as well?
4: Um, at this time, probably not. Um, that one ran for I think eighteen weeks. We were pretty successful. Um, farmers markets are hard, so if you can make it through, and I, I maintained over ten vendors there, so I felt like that was a pretty good success. Um, the 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 customer base was pretty strong. I did do a a survey to see, you know, what they wanted. They're looking for the produce and, and baked goods. Um, I will be starting again next year, some changes, little tweaks. Um, I'm going to, because it's in the heat of the day, we're going to shorten it a little bit. It was just brutal some days. So (laughs) um, we'll go three to six. We'll also start a little bit earlier. We started the end of may we'll start the first of may this year. Um, the location that I was at, it's pretty neat. Um, I had looked at multiple locations and this one, um, fit most of what I needed where, um, most of the time on a farmer's market, you don't want to be on asphalt because just the radiant heat during the summer just kills the vendor and kills the product. So, um, I needed to get on grass. I found a location that was perfect for that. Um, had to, to order port johns because we were just out in the field kind of thing. Um, <laughs> we were close to a, a location that had um, restroom facilities, but not quite close enough. Um, that particular location, though, has approached me now and um, has like, hey, you know, instead of doing that, why don't you just use our, our restrooms and you can use our electricity? So the community saw the the importance of this and they saw the success of it. So they're now... You know, they, um, everybody would be a little bit cautious of something new coming in, but they saw the benefits of it. So now they're like, okay, well, you're doing it next year. Let's see how much more we can help and how much more you can grow, which is pretty cool.
1: Which so, is very, very cool. So yeah. we have uh, less. We're over time a little bit, but let our listeners know where to find you online. Um, so that if they want to visit, they can sure. plan their trips. Um,
4: there's a website. It's forestfarmersmarket.com. dot com. Um, that has the information of the locations and the times. Um, if you go to the, the state has a Virginia grown website, you can go there and put in um, any farmer's market in, in the state and it'll it, hopefully they've registered and you can um, find them on that website as well.
1: All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Dorothy. Oh, thank you for finding me. This was great. <laughs> No problem. And uh, I look forward to our listeners visiting you and I will stay in touch to find out
3: (laughs) more information
1: later on. All right. Thank thank you you so much.
3: To listen to the rest of Food Farms and Chefs, tune your HD radio to 97.5 WPEN HD2 or stream live from WWDBAM.com.